going on? What's up, you fucking mook? What's up, you freaking mooks? I'm Rob. I'm Billy. This is gonna be like a continuation on all the cannibal shit. We're gonna be talking about some more cannibal, cannibal stuff. We talked um, a little while ago about um, Joseph the Cannibal Metheny. Metheny. Who um, was famous for serving up his uh, roadside beef burger, human beef sandwiches. Very rare item. Pork, pork, long pork sandwiches. Long pork sandwiches, elite. Um, and we, you know, I feel like we only just scratched the surface on cannibals. As I've discussed before, it's a, a topic that's very near and dear to my heart and other organs. <laughs> um, so we we got a lot, we got a lot more to talk about with um, more shit. on cannibals. Um, so. Rob, do you want to just touch on uh, your, you know, which can we just be very clear that I didn't actually know this was this this is my husband. I've been married to him for eleven years now. We know pretty much like we we get into some dark places. We know a lot of the dark recesses of each other's minds. But until our previous episode on Jomethany. I didn't really know that my husband uh, harbored a, a somewhat of a desire, I guess. Is it a desire to eat human flesh? Well, I don't want to do... Basically, I don't want to do the work, and I don't want to take the risk. But I would eat a fucking... You would chow down. Here's the thing. What I was saying about this guy is he's making the sandwiches. He's cooking up the people. And, you know, if you, if you put the plate in front of me, if I decide not to eat it, it doesn't unkill her. You know what I mean? Like, she's already dead. Sure. So it just, if you do eat the sandwich, you know, you're fucking, nobody gets to do that shit. Nobody, it's a rare, you know, it's an elite group of people is all I'm saying. That's what you're. I don't want to kill anybody. You know what I mean? I don't want to fucking dirty my bathroom. I don't want to do all the bullshit. I don't think it's cool. But what I was saying was, if you get the fucking delicious steak sandwich, place it in front of you, you pull it off the freeway, you give the five bucks. Who gives a fuck? She's already fucking I mean, dead. Do you? I mean, so you're not going to unkill her by not eating sure, the sandwich. Sure, sure. We we discussed on some of the other the other show about um about the fact that you're you're sort of into eating exotic meats and shit like that. I mean, how how do you feel about the the um you know because that that's a that's another thing in the whole you know underground world of gastronomy. Not that I've done much research, but I've, I've heard shit. Yeah. That if you want to eat like a like an endangered species right. or whatever, you can do this. Like if you have enough money, you can eat like a fucking I don't know, like a, a dodo bird, which are extinct. But if you if you you know you were so inclined and you had enough money, you could eat whatever the fuck right. you wanted to. Eat. Like if you were like a yakuza or you were um, exactly. at Bohemian Grove or something, sure. you'd be eating some crazy shit. Which Bohemian I, Grove, it would they would be feasting on the flesh of children. Like let's e- easily, but unfortunately, at this moment in time, we're not part of either the yakuza <laughs> or the fucking Bohemian Grove or the Illuminati. Maybe someday this will be a reality for us. But what I'm saying is. It's a fucking elite group of people that have done this thing. And I'm always down to um, 
try so new things, this experience is, rare things. I like to know how the rich live. This is one of the the interesting things, and I think um, listeners will will learn to discover. Well, we'll discover that Rob and I have some real. Although we like we are a, a, a beautiful meeting of minds on so many things. We have some real like black and white kind of differences <laughs> about whatnot, and and cannibalism is one of those things. But I'm not. I don't want to do it. Like no, I, I mean, you, you keep saying that, and the more the more you say it, the more I'm like looking at you a little kind of worried because I feel <laughs> like you know he who doth protesteth too muchth. Right. Wants to fucking chow down on my fucking butt cheek. Right. Like right now. Like whoever kind of smelt it, dealt like, it. You're looking at me and I'm turning into like the the Bugs Bunny roast fucking chicken <laughs> with the human head sitting across from you, you know? A little bit. Okay. So let's just make this very clear that for me, both the thought of being eaten and eating the flesh is a very long hurled childhood um phobia phobia yeah Pho- like real phobia right so i think i mentioned on the the joe metheny episode that my grandmother would refer to you know would tell stories of like the the fijians talking about human flesh as long pork she also had this very kind of scary book in her house that had a lot of um witchcraft and like head hunting stuff and she had some kind of um she had these kind of like scary like head hunter like things in her closet and right. and we're not going to bring up the cats maybe at a later <laughs> episode but there was it was is kind of a, a, a there's a lot of stuff going on in that house that was a very formative experience of my life I was a very young girl and um at that point in my life, and I'm talking like I was like four or five. Right. Very formative yeah, years. Very formative years. My reoccurring kind of like nightmare, biggest phobia as a child was being kidnapped by, and this is not a political politically correct term, but being kidnapped by savages. Oh. And being... Um, uh, sacrificed into being thrown into a volcano. Volcano, yeah, I've heard about this one a lot. Yeah, Rob's heard about this one a lot because got, this is got, a so this is a strange like real fear for a child. Right, and I don't I don't know if it's a cultural thing. I don't know if a lot of Americans grow up fearing like somebody with a we bone. We didn't have volcanoes. This is the thing. There's no volcanoes. There's like, no volcanoes in Australia. I mean, there's what about there Fiji? Might, I think there's. I think it's like. Here's the thing, like, you know, um, I grew up in the, the, you know, 70s, 80s, and I watched a lot of inappropriate TV. Very inappropriate, according to American standards. Super inappropriate. Um, So I feel like this this kind of volcano slash cannibalism thing was probably an amalgam of, like, a lot of really bad... um, Television. TV and movies that I saw when I was too young. However, this was a real fear. Like this was a like like this might happen. This might happen. Like right. I am worried I am worried that I will be kidnapped and then sacrificed and and like my my fear when I was 4 or 5 was that I might fall off my bike yeah, or no. that like I would on my skateboard I might go up the ramp and then my knee pad is askew and then when I <laughs> and then when I launch off the ramp 
I land on my knee and my knee pad is sideways and I mm-hmm. crush and I and I get a boo-boo on my knee. <laughs> but you're four or five and you're literally thinking that a fucking bone nose going through the nose, yeah. Savage is gonna throw you in a fucking volcano, volcano. pit. Because I and I have to say I, I was like a I was a beautiful child. Very beautiful. Like I was like um the like poster child of like surfing. You know, yeah, I had blonde, long blonde hair, blue, blue eyes. eyes. Tan, like very happy child. Australian, you know? very gorgeous. I feel like I was a supreme candidate for for sacrifice. Oh, so you thought you you would be? Uh, honestly, I've seen the photos. Like, if I was a a bone nose, I would have grabbed you and thrown you in the pit. There, yeah, it was. I, I feel like I was a prime candidate for for sacrifice. And then you know, adding to the the pot of. Um, the, the grandmother's stories of Fiji and long pork and the movies or whatever. But at some point, and this may have been a little later, I would say maybe I was like, you know, five or six, but I, I saw a movie and, and this fucked me and it fucked me for, for it. Cause it, the, the human sacrifice slash cannibalism thing was, was already there. It was already there. And then I saw this film. Is this the shit we watched the other night? Yeah. Oh, God. This is the shit we watched the other night. Oh, fuck. I saw this film and it fucked me. Like, until fairly recently. Because basically there's there's this movie and the movie is called... It's a horror anthology. So it's like small short stories, like a Tales from the Crypt or something like that. But it's um it's English. Oh. It's from the early seventies. God. It's from nineteen seventy three. Kill me now. And the film is called Tales That Witness Madness. Only an English person would name something that, by the way. It's terrible. Um, so you can you can find this film and, and basically I we watched this the other day. Yeah, and as horrible. I said, they're they're small, they're short stories. And the movie is very, very different to what I remember. Like most things when you're a kid. Yeah, you remember them differently. You remember them very, like, and you're, you're so, you can remember, like, the purple paint on the wall or something, and then you right. watch it and it's yellow. Or like it's Absolutely. So weird how that happens. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to tell you how I remember it and therefore how it kind of fed into my fears, and then we'll, we'll kind of clear up some of the fallacies. And, I, I mean... This, this is a fucking shitty, terrible film. <laughs> and I, you know, if you want to watch it or if you're into, like, weird fucking 70s, like, psychedelic cinema, right? by all means, like, watch it. But well, I think there's a ton of people out there that want to watch terrible English shit from the 70s. <laughs> you <laughs> it's, mean facetious? <laughs> <laughs> it's, right, it's right on the top of the list of everybody on Instagram. Can I watch some really fucking gnarly, terrible, terrible English shit film. from the 70s? Anyway. This is how I remember it. And this was very, until, honestly, until like a week ago, this was, this was how it, I'd carried it around my 40-something, you know, 30-something years. We'll edit um, that. No, we can, we can leave it there. They're going to know. <laughs> They're going to know so much about me. It's disgusting. Um, okay. Tales of Witness Madness, how I remember it. A lady takes her beautiful teenage daughter to Hawaii on business with this wealthy guy, mysterious wealthy guy, and he's throwing a big party to welcome them to the island, 
and there's all these soft kind of focus scenes of the daughter who's like beautiful daughter beautiful like i don't know 15 16 year old daughter you could, you could only do that in the 70s. And she's being bathed and preened and she's being dressed by the islanders. As I, as I keep saying, this is how I remember it in my head. She's being treated like a princess. She's like getting flowers put in her hair. She's dressed in these robes. It's all very beautiful, blah, blah, blah. And then it goes outside and then the luau is like underway. And... Uh, so they're there. They've got like the the barbecue pit, or you know whatever you. Yeah, barbecue. Hungy. Do you call it when you? De- I think that's a New Zealand. We term. definitely do not call it a fucking hungy. We call it a uh, barbecue pit. But when you bury it like Islander style, and you wrap oh, the you, you wrap the meat in like palm leaves and, and shit. And you put like pour a bunch of Coca Cola on it and shit. I don't know, man. Yeah, that's like some. Polynesian. But that's basically how I remember. There's a barbecue pit and blah, 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 and it's all wrapped in palm leaves and whatever. And anyway, they unwrap the meat and they serve it, and it's really fucking, like, gross-looking meat. It's been, like, steamed in these, like, palm leaves. And they take it out and uh, they slice it up and they like dish it, out, dish it out to everyone but it's like 70 like it's the 70s so it's like mm. everyone's like super weird and like gross and there's like mutton chops and like mutton chops on like as in the sideburns yeah and like they're wearing like a fucking like maroon shirt with a long pointy yeah, collar yeah like velvet suits and they're eating this like gross meat right and they've got like strange leather shoes yeah yeah, it's a lot of weird shit buckles. going on and shit awful a lot of buckles a lot of awful frills and whatnot. And anyway, uh, there's the mother of the daughter. She's there, and at some point, she's like, "Oh, where's where's Kimmy or where's Sally or whatever." Uh-huh. And then they're like the kind of they're all and everyone's like, "Oh, like blood, like glistening mouths, like eating this yeah, meat and shit." And they're like showing like they're cutting it up and whatnot. And then the penny drops, and you realize the reason the daughter isn't there. Is they're eating, eating the, the daughter. daughter. Yeah. So this like fucked me up. Yeah. Like one of those things that just like, just like destroyed me for years and years. Well, you're a very sensitive person. Like you actually care about people. So like something like that, I could see that that would like really affect you. But it, but it, I wasn't, it wasn't so much that I cared for her or the mother or anything like that. It was like, I, I was like, I could be that, I could oh, be I that girl. I could have girl. been the beautiful girl that got eaten. I could have been that girl. Right. And also, I mean, like, you know, like, I feel like, um, I feel like I was almost in that situation of like, you know, the wealthy wealthy people like grooming you know it's like because yeah you, you didn't grow up as a wealthy person i did not grow up as a wealthy person and i feel like you know like i feel like my my mom not through any fault of her own could have been like yes go with the islanders they'll prepare yeah. you for the dinner and like with the best of intentions right. and that could have happened to this me. could be a great experience for you you're mm-hmm. gonna go see this beautiful wealthy dinner but then you, you would have been the dinner that I would have been the dinner. Yeah. So this, this that movie fucked me for ages. And then as we just said before, we actually found it, which was very difficult to find. We found it and we watched it the other day and it was, it was terrible. It was very different <laughs> to what I imagined. Which is the case with every movie that you watch. Every single thing. 
nowadays when you watch it when you were an impressionable kid in the 80s or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Very different. So, but I have to say it pretty much, again, on on our other episode, we discussed my meltdown with the KFC, no, the McDonald's, McDonald's chicken, chicken, yeah. chicken vein. Yeah, the vein. Chicken vein situation. So I think on watching this the second time, it's like, it's very different than I thought. The the plot's a little different. I'll, I'll leave that for you to discover. But it's this weird kind of aesthetically, this weird kind of Hawaiian, psychedelic, British mm. mix, Oof. which is just weird anyway. A lot oh, of bad teeth. Bad, a lot of... Bad everything. And, and um, the thing that's kind of amazing about it, which I do remember as a child too, is there's a lot of kind of like ceremonial daggers. A lot of and daggers and they're like, um, clubs. And yeah. They're like Arkansas toothpicks. They're like big triangles. They're not like any dagger you've ever seen. No. They're like triangle. Uh, they're like, weird, and they got like a weird, like they're seventies British art department trying to right. make Hawaiian artifacts. Right. And so and they've got some fucking twat from Liverpool and they're having him like, you need to carve a ceremonial carve these, like, ha- handle on the top of this dagger. The, um, and they're like, Oh, will it be a tiki head with a bit of fucking, um, what's that shit that like the, the grassy shit that hangs off of stuff. It's like, like the uh, stuff on Tiki Huts. Yeah. Kind of thing. What's like, that yeah, shit? Raffia or whatever. Yeah, raffia or grass or something. And so it's just like awful. And um, what was that thing? I'm going to have to look this up. That There was, a, there was a, a totem. I think it's a New Zealand kind of totem that has like the, the tongue stick stuck they can't, out. They can't see you do it. You're sticking the tongue out. I'm sticking the tongue out. It's I'm like doing a... The, yeah. This sound is what it face. is. Ah. Ah. Um, and in fact, you know, fellow children of the seventies slash eighties will remember the, um, Brady Bunch episode. Oh, that was epic. Where they went to fucking Hawaii Hawaii, and they found the cursed thing. Mm -hmm. Like that's the same kind of talisman. And I feel like, you know, this, this movie was probably predated the Brady Bunch episode by a couple of years. They might've, they might've bit. I'm saying it was. They bit them. It was. There were cultural tropes of, of zeitgeisting, weird Polynesian cal- cannibal fucking curse and shit. weird objects with carvings with grass. So it was this everything in this this terrible film was super fucking rad. But the thing that got me is every close up of the meat is every reason. Like I think I just got. I, I, I cut to the, the fear of meat from this film that I saw this film at a particularly like uh, impressionable impressionable but time. Was this before the McDonald's incident? This would have been all around the same time. Oh, so this might've been like, I might've watched the movie the week before or that right? weekend. And so it was the perfect storm and then had the incident. Yeah. You know, that makes sense. So, I mean, and I've carried this around for a long time, Yeah. but the thing is, is, you know, we just, we were just at a barbecue, an Argentinian barbecue the other day. Yes. And the, the amazing Argentinian chef, our friend was, was cutting up the meat with a big fuck off Bowie knife. It was like a 15 inch fucking Bowie knife. And I am, I, I am still back in this film. Like that's how real the the close-ups of this meat and the reason I'm so squeamish about meat. Right. And 
Getting back to our theme of cannibalism, the reason cannibalism freaks me out, the reason I couldn't eat meat, human flesh, right. the reason I would starve in the apocalypse because I couldn't become a cannibal. Right. Like, it basically tapped into a lot of shit for right. me. Right. Very, very deep. Super deep. Super uh, substantial. Super substantial. So, now we've talked about that, shall we talk about another cannibal? From, yes. From my, ho- from my fucking, from my land. From your homeland? From my homeland. The land down under. We're going to be talking about another, another cannibal. Do you want to, do you want to introduce this one or, uh, or how do you want to do it? Uh, you know, I just have the notes of all your research, but, um. Rob doesn't really get down <laughs> with research. I'm not so much of a researcher. Um, I'm more comfortable... Um, Interpreting the facts in your own way? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I Rob's think... A, Rob's, um, yeah, doesn't really get down with the the bookworm approach. I'm not, I'm not, not into a bookworm like Billy Stone, little book. Worm. He likes to sing this bookworm song to me, and it's not exactly um, very nice. Okay, so, I mean, I can read the notes. I mean, I, I can do it, but I just feel like I'm, you know, I don't want to, I feel like I'm talking a lot about myself here. But well, that's fine. Let's just go with it. Just keep going. And then maybe it's it's funny. Like, you can you can do the Australian quotes though if you want with your really good Australian accent. Yeah, I was gonna say I could do the quote. Maybe you do one in a real Australian accent, and then I try to do another one. I mean, there's a few quotes, so we'll just go with it. So what we're actually gonna talk about this episode, and like all of our sort of crime stories, we talk about, we're not gonna give you. Like the full case, we're not going to give you right. It's fine. The background, we're not going to give you all of that stuff. I just want to say that I find super interesting, mm-hmm. and I love finding out about that. But for the for what we're trying, we're trying to talk about the crime. We're not particularly interested in you know the trial unless it's super interesting. Right. Not- Billy could spend years on this shit. Is the point? You can yeah. spend years researching and I love explaining this shit. He loves it. Little bookworm. Yeah, I, but I love it. For the point of like tr- trying to get a message across, we, we're just we're picking up these things. If you want to find more information, you know, look it up yourselves. Plenty, there's a wealth of information out there. If you know, if there's something you think we really missed or or something, email, email us. us and fine, that's fine. Uh, you freaking mook. You freaking mook at gmail.com. At gmail.com. Uh, yeah. Um. Okay. So, we're going to be talking about Catherine Knight, and I'm going to be doing some really great Australian accents. Which is great, because I will say, and like a lot of people don't know this, but um, a dear friend of ours, Mark Boone June June Jr., Mm -hmm. also known as uh, somebody on Sons of Anarchy and the Batman movies. He's an actor of some repute. Some repute. Mm -hmm. Um, He was also in um, Trees Lounge. Great Uh, movie. Great film. Check it out. He was early befriend of Billy when we first moved to Los Angeles, and he said that actors all know that the Australian accent is actually the hardest accent to 
to master do. or do or mm-hmm. whatever because of various reasons, but mostly because they fuck everything up. They don't use a lot of sim- syllables or no, 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 no. That's what he said. They sound like a dumbass. You are fucked for one. The reason it's so difficult is because an Australian accent uses the least amount of facial muscles. So that being said, it's very hard to untrain your muscles from working. Right. Whereas Australians... Because uh, anyone that's not from Australia is very sophisticated. We have a lot of things going on. And an Australian is very face lazy. (laughs) It's true. (laughs) We are face lazy. However, it's not really our fault. And now I would also like to point out that... Unlike many of the population of Australia, I was born and raised in Adelaide. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Adelaide. Free settlers. South Australia. We were on one of the only free settlements. That's right. We weren't a prison colony like the rest of Australia. Australia. So we speak much more properly, much more English in fact, oftentimes people will mistake me for an English person because I don't sound really fucking nasal like a proper Australian. Right. And the more high you go up in Australia, the more your accent's going to sound like this. Right. However, we are talking about people from... I'm going to really go for it with the Australian accent. This is super fun for me. You might as well. We're talking about people from Aberdeen, New South Wales, and this is an accent that is going to be really fucking full on. It's a full on fucking Aussie accent. All right? We'll go for it. And the, the one thing I will preface this with is if you're having trouble <laughs> understanding what the fuck she's saying, don't feel bad. Emails. Mostly. <laughs> email. Are we just going to say email? Email us. Email. Are we going to say email us every time we. We are. The reason that Americans can't understand Australians, however, Australians can understand Americans, is because everything that they fucking watch in Australia comes from America. Or England. Or England, but mostly America. And nothing that we watch in America comes from Australia because they have a very, uh, you know, they're limited. They don't don't have a lot of resources. It's unfair. So we are used to... Uh, hearing American people and Australians are used to hearing American people. We're less used to hearing Australian people, but I digress. And, um, we are going to talk about some Australian crimes. A lot of them. We are, because I have a particular interest in that, especially, especially stuff from my hometown of Adelaide, which is, you come to find out. The murder capital of Australia. The murder capital of Australia. That was terrible, bro. <laughs> anyway, we're going to be talking about Catherine Knight, the Australian female cannibal killer from Aberdeen in New South Wales. She was convicted in 2001 for the grisly murder of her spouse, David Pricey. Price. Don't get me started on that shit. We'll, we'll, we'll bring that up in a moment. Because, I mean, we both agree that it was slightly disrespectful. Well, I'm pissed. Anyway. Pricey. Pricey. Um, Catherine was the first Australian woman ever. 
This was only in 2001. She's the first Australian woman to ever be committed for the term of her natural life. Mm-hmm. That's life imprisonment. But it sounds right. so Australian. It's so, so British. British. For the term of her natural life. Right. They're, 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 we sentence you to die in jail. Yeah. No, it's you will serve a term of your natural life. Yeah, exactly. Fucking twat. So this this woman and... When I when I did the research for this, I sent Rob um, some photos of both, you know, all of our, um, our our killers that we're discussing. And, and Catherine Knight is a particular fucking piece of work. And I encourage you to go and look at the photos of her. She's super Australian to me. Uh, yeah, and you don't, you know, it's not cool to judge people on their looks, but... Uh, She's very shrewish, yeah. but she looks she looks fucking scary. And she was a tall she was a tall woman. And in Australia, we'd probably say she was a big girl. You know, she was very thin in her later years, but she was tall. And she, I mean, she was she was a formidable adversary. That's what right. I like to say. That's like yeah. Pricey, Pricey David Price, her her victim. Um, was, you know, considerably kind of small. Yeah, see, there she is. Yeah. Look at her. Here's a kind of Very red-faced. Yeah, very Aussie red-faced. Aus- Australians have a, bear a very similar look to a lobster once it's been so, cooked. Yeah, it's not, it's not good. Very sunburned. Anyway, this this woman was kind of a piece of work. She was, she was super violent. <laughs> um, she was psychotically jealous of all all of her lovers. So she was a woman. <laughs> I'm not jealous. I get jealous, <laughs> but I'll fucking kill her. What do I kill a bitch? Um, but she pretty much attacked or tried to kill all of her previous lovers. Like every single one, every guy that she was ever with, she either like attacked or tried to kill him in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, the the one the the relationship before she met David Price, she actually bashed his head in with a uh, one of those um skillets like those cast iron skillet skillet pans. Oh, like when you're camping. Like when you're camping, like yeah. she actually like fucking smashed his head in. Did he so, die? No, he didn't die. But he was. He didn't scared. die. No, he was very scared for his life. <laughs> fucking head caved in. Um. So, and in fact, everyone in her family or any kind of ex-boyfriend, whatever, everybody knew what a fucking nasty piece of work she was. And we have a quote here from this ex. You have to read it. I will read it. I'll I'll do it. This is the ex who got his head bashed in with the 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 camping skillet. But he's talking about what Catherine's mother Right. Said to him, "This is a. This is and pretty she's, much. She's trying to help. She's trying to help. This is on their wedding night. Jesus. This is what Catherine's mother said to her. Well, to said to him. She. He is recounting what Catherine. Catherine's mother said to him. Right. And I will do it in the voice of David Pricey Price. Okay. Mm. The old girl. Sorry. <laughs> Try that again. The old girl." said to me to watch out. You better watch this one or she'll fucking kill you. Stir her up the wrong way or you do the wrong thing and you're fucked. Don't even think of playing up on her. 
What that the fuck may, does that mean? That means cheating on her. Playing up. Playing up. Don't even think of playing up on her. She'll fucking kill you. And that was her mother talking. She told me she's got something loose. She's got a screw loose somewhere. Well, that's a good wedding night uh, anecdote. So pretty much, here's the thing. Here's the thing. This is this is Aberdeen. This is a small town. And, and you will hear in the coming weeks and months how terrified I am of small town Australia. Mm-hmm. Uh, so am I. I've it's, lived it. It's fucking... These towns are very scary. And the fact that this is a these these are small towns where everyone is like this woman's a fucking psycho. She's going to kill you. Right. Give her a chance. Don't cross her twice and everyone knows. Right. Like this is something that's a little And they're okay with it. They're, they're going okay about their, they're going about their day to day. What are they going to do? Like I I watched some documentaries in the research to this. And that um, that ex, like her, his family are talking to the camera, just like going, "Oh no, she was fucked. We weren't surprised at all when she fucking like, <laughs> she fucking killed this one." Yeah. So everyone knows, and that right. is such an Australian thing to right. me. Of like, oh yeah, yeah, totally. Oh yeah, it's fucking crazy. Right. But like I feel like you and I, and right. again, listeners, you'll get to know some of these ins and outs of our experiences in Australia. Mm-hmm. But I feel like we knew these people. Like, oh, I know them. And I feel like when they snap and they kill everyone's like, yep. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, I knew. I knew Bundy was fucking crazy. He was like, made of fucking powder keg. <laughs> was that good? <laughs> it was sad and very like an English it wasn't pirate. Good. I know it, wasn't <laughs> it was good. good. Um, right. So we. Um, I feel like. I feel like there's a particular kind of Australianism in there. But um, anyway, as I, as I was saying, we're talking about Aberdeen. We're talking about small country towns here. Uh-huh. So we'll, I'll give like this much of the background because we, we wanna, I want to lead up to the nuts and bolts of this case. You know, we don't really dissect these cases. We're just going to give you the, the nuts and bolts, the, the bare bones. So to speak. No pun intended. Fair enough, Billy. Let's keep it moving. Um, okay, so Catherine Knight, she had a terrible childhood, as as a lot of killers and violent crime people always do. There's or domestic abuse, people. violence, sexual abuse, blah, blah, blah. Her father would apparently rape her mother. Uh-huh. And, and it was something the kids kind of knew about. So she had this weird kind of thing with, like, sexuality and her partners and... You know, it's, it's kind of a weird situation. Right. But she didn't have a lot of a lot of um, opportunities or something. She left school at fifteen, and she hadn't learned to read or write when mm-hmm. she left school. What? And even <laughs> what? Isn't that the fucking point of school? Though? It's pretty much the point of school. The point of school is to teach you to read and write. But I, I feel like again, like. In my experience, leaving school at 15 was like a real kind of thing. Like, when did, Didn't you leave at school at 15? No, I... You left school at like I, 17. I... You ran Graduated. Away. I finished high school. Did you? I finished high school, Rob. I perhaps didn't actually get the piece of paper that said I graduated, but I did, I did it. 
But leaving school at 15 was a very Australian thing and she left school at 15 and like all of her other family members, she got a job at the local abattoir. What's that? Yeah, see, this is what I was going to think. An abattoir is a slaughterhouse. Why don't... Is that French? Well, it's what it's called. What's an abattoir? It's a slaughterhouse. It's where you kill the meat. But the best thing that I like about in Australia is that, like everything, we abbreviate everything. Right. So the slaughterhouse or abattoir, which is the correct term for it, we would call the meatworks. Meatworks. And if I'm surprised you guys don't call it the fucking meaty. Because if you know anything about Australia... I think they probably do. They do call it the meat. I think the people who work at the Meatworks call, call it, it the, the meaty. meaty. Yeah, because the television is the telly. Or the works. Maybe they call it the works. But um, especially in Aberdeen, we're talking about like this kind of accent as well. Meatworks. Meatworks. <laughs> we I work down at the Meatworks. I work down at the Meaty. But anyway... So everyone in her family, everyone in the lo- probably everyone she knew worked at the slaughterhouse right. in town. And this was, you know, it's a fairly common thing. And I've been in those towns where, like, the, the main industry is, is the abattoir and the whole town stinks, you uh, know? reeks. Fucking reeks. I know that smell. So to me, anyone, anyone who could work at the meatworks... Right. Let alone all like the gross stuff and like an, like animal shit and right. like this and that. Like, I have to say, and I, I'm gonna be, I'm like, this is mask off right now. Okay. Anyone who works at the meatworks, I kind of think is fucked up anyway. Right. And I've known people who've worked at the meatworks or butchers and stuff. Dino. Dino. Dino's fucking our rad. Dear, our dear friend Dino was a butcher for many years, but he never worked in the meatworks because that's different. Well, he was a fucking butcher. But being a private butcher is kind of different than, than like... In a just, factory, just are, hacking fucking yeah, veins. Yeah, and they're like carcasses just coming up. Bandsaws ripping. So let's just say Heads that... Heads falling off. She was in a, in a really weird fucked up place, but it, it, was, it wasn't like... It wasn't like just like one of your friends worked as a as a butcher or whatever. It's like everybody did. Everybody right. worked at the meat work. So it wasn't a thing. There, and here's the other thing. It wasn't a lot of other jobs. Like right. what are you going to do in fucking you- country, rural Australia? You're fucked. I don't know. Chew grass. Um, chew, chew, chew grass and shit anyway, on fish. Catherine Knight called this her dream job. Of course. She fucking loved it. And she started up in the offal room, just cutting up the offal. But then very... What the fuck is offal? The guts, the fucking the Okay, shit. so when you say it, it sounds like awful. A-W-F-U-L. No, I'm, ta- I'm talking about O-double-F-A-L. What is that? Offal, guts. Guts, blood. Innards. Blood. The innards, the guts. That's called awful? Awful. O-double-F... Is it called that because it sounds like awful? No, it's not. Because if we were smelling it awful like that, it would be like O R F A L. So the fucking guts of animals are called called awful. awful. Yeah, but it's whatever. All right, sorry. Keep keep going. Um, but she was very quickly promoted from the awful awful slash Awful. awful, awful slash blood and guts fucking shit room. Right. To being a boner. A boner. 
Which basically was like the best job in the fucking slaughterhouse is like cutting up the fucking like what? cutting the, it the, from like the carcasses into your fillets. Oh yeah, your fillet, fillet steaks. Fillet, no, we call it fillets here. Fillet That's mignon. What I'm saying. Um, New York strip. And and here's the thing: she was very very good at it, like very skillful. And um, her her workmates often said that they. Um, they noticed that she took like a lot of pleasure in her work. She was having fun. She was having fun in there. And she really liked to um, cut, like she would get a big carcass like pulled in or whatever and she would really like to like cut the arteries and like watch them bleed out and like do all this weird Mm -hmm. shit that you don't really, you're not really meant to do. I know what you're saying. Yeah. I wish I didn't know what you were saying, but I know what you're saying. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so you're, you have like a little bit of a glaze in your eyes that <laughs> looks like a little exciting to you. No, I'm saying she was excited. I understand. It's kind of cool. You do un- you understand that. Yeah, it's kind of cool. You got that weird bloodlust. <laughs> no, we- I know. No, I know. I'm just saying. She fucking, she's getting, she's cutting veins, dude. Anyway, because she was, she had been promoted to the boning room. Mm. Um, she got given her own set of butcher knives and these are like beautiful knives that you need for the job. Japanese and she steel. became, they weren't, I don't think they were Japanese steel. Not everyone can afford Japanese steel. By the way, sponsors. Sponsors. We got some sick Japanese Miyabi, steel. Miyabi, Japanese knives. Your international plas- passport to cutting pleasure. Yes. Um, sponsor us, please. Um, but anyway, she, she became obsessed with her knives and everybody knew she was obsessed with her knives. In fact, she hung her knives over her bed. I've done that. I love knives. And her mother-in-law was like, Kathleen, what are you hanging the knives above your bed? And her quote was, well, they'd always be handy if I needed them. Sick. Which was like a prophetic... Um, statement for her. Yeah, I feel like if you're if you're the type of person, and like this is the thing, I'm not gonna go into weird, uh, you know, universal shit. But if you're t- the type of person that wants to have knives above your bed because you want to be having them at the ready to fucking use them on people, like you might get that opportunity because that's what you're fucking doing. You know what I mean? Like that's what you're focused on. Like I want to have fucking knives yeah. above my shit. I want to be able to grab you're them saying, and fucking slice you're them. You're saying she's fucking, like manifesting She's destiny. manifesting like fucking like slash somebody's fucking head off. Dude, cut somebody's face off. Maybe. That's what you do. Well, like if you care that much about having knives hanging in your house to slice somebody's face off, you might just get that opportunity to do that because that's all you've been thinking about when you were like putting in the screw and you had the screwdriver and you were like hanging the little hook and you put the little piece of leather on the grommet. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, you, yeah, I digress. But anyway, keep going. Um, so, all right. So she's got her knives hanging above the bed. She's manifesting destiny or whatever. <laughs> So she had had this violent past. She's like, let's just say she's a little fucking unhinged. Yeah. I think this is a good good way to describe it. That's a nice way to put it. But she meets David Pricey Price. Mm-hmm. The reason we keep calling him David Pricey Price is we watched a documentary about this murder and 
I mean, in Australia, you want to give anyone or anything a nickname. You want to shorten somebody's name. And Pricey from David Price is a fairly common Australian nickname. However, here's where I have an incident is because Pricey is harder to say than Price. Yeah, Rob. So you guys add fucking bullshit EYs to everything. So here's the thing. Television becomes telly. Sunglasses becomes sunnies. Christmas becomes Chrissy. Pricey. Price becomes pricey. But that's actually harder to say than yeah. price. Rob really likes to, like, bulldog on these things. I get, it pisses me the fuck off. It pisses me off. Because you guys are on some bullshit. Because you think it's funny to abbreviate shit, but then you make it harder to say. But the, so fuck you to say price. And by the way, he got murdered. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, here's Somebody the, murdered him. So just say his fucking name. This is the thing that I think is, is shitty about this, is we keep calling him pricey because... One of the journos. Oh my god! That's um, Australian for journalists. One of the journos in the thing the other day kept calling him pricey in this very disrespectful way. Yeah, he's a fucking man. He's a man, and he died, and he got fucking fucked up. (laughs) You'll see how fucked up he got. But what I'm saying is, like, the journo can be oh yeah, pricey with a pricey, pricey. Best friends can call you pricey. If you knew him, call him pricey. If you're best friends with him. Don't be a journalist and, and like, you know, you know, you never meant to spill, speak ill of the dead. No. But don't assume that familiarity mm-hmm. with someone who got fucking, like, chowed down on. Anyway, so Catherine is fucked up. She's... You know, pretty much been super violent to everyone she's ever met. And she she meets David Price in 95. Everybody loves this guy. Everybody says that he is a terrific bloke. He's a fucking... Top bloke. Hard working, hard drinking. No matter how fucking hang- hungover he is, he'll turn up first thing at the mine every day get the job done get the job done i he's, respect men like that he's a fucking he's a he's a hundred percent australian little little aussie battler as we would call him and anyway digger. he is he's a digger he's, he's a, a digger he's a top bloke as rob said so everybody loved him they he met Catherine. it was well in romance whatever he probably wasn't getting a lot of sex i think this was very sex motivated mm. um and he meets Catherine. she moved they move in together in 1995 her children love this woman her children think i mean his children sorry think that she's great they're stoked that his dad's happy and like getting laid apparently but they have a very tumultuous relationship it's plagued with violence and jealousy there are many incidences where Catherine was violent like with all of her other partners culminating one night in 2000 where she stabbed him in the in the chest and um he kicked her out filed a restraining order blah 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 but in the days leading up to the murder pricey uh, you know david price shall we say the unfortunate victim kept telling his friends that if anything happened to to me it would be catherine that did it 
Like, he was telling everyone he was scared for his life. I've done that with our friends. You're you're fucked for that. Yeah, I told all our, all our friends that if you ever fucked, if I ever, if I'm ever dead, Billy fucking did it. Yeah, and I will use this opportunity to say the fucking reverse. Yeah. If I ever turn up dead, Robert, I'll, you can't say my last name. I'm not going to. But this man sitting across the table, he's the one who fucking done it, mate. That's what I've said since day one. But I get it. We I saying, wouldn't. So, not. I mean, yeah. I wouldn't. Anyway, maybe keep, in a rage. Keep maybe moving. in a flash. Um. But every I was like this was no, a I get it. And every, that's the thing, yeah. Everybody, fucking, everybody fucking knew she was a fucking nutbag. There were I mean, I could go into a lot of incidences. She'd like left her baby on the train tracks and like she'd done What the fuck? She'd done all these various things before. That's terrible. She had seriously like a sh- a local shopkeeper went and like got her baby. So again, this is one of those things in a small town where it's like people, everyone fucking knew she was crazy or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Basically, this is and this is where it's so fucked up. On the 29th of February 2000, she turned up to David Price's house. He was asleep. She woke him up. She was wearing this sexy black negligee, they kept saying. She woke him up at I've 3 I've seen photos. I th- doubt it was sexy. <laughs> She woke him up at three in the morning and they had sex. Now, this was two days earlier. He had kicked her out of the house and filed a restraining order. Right. Because she stabbed him. Because she's a fucking nut. And then she rocks up at three in the morning and fucks you. In lingerie. In lingerie. But here's the thing. It's like, like, I mean, you must be, like, I don't know. You filed a restraining order. You're telling everyone that you're afraid of this woman. Right. But then she, like, kind of mysteriously, like, turns up, and then you, like, you fuck her, like... As a man, I understand. I feel like you do. Yeah, I I do. And I feel like this is why men get... Are like the perfect fucking victims, because you're led by your penis. And yeah, I feel retarded. like I feel like 100% he would be like... Well, she's fucking crazy, but I, I and I fucking hate her, but she's wearing that fucking negligee. Let me tell uh, uh, She always asleep, right? And then she showed up with this negligee, and it was a bit black on the ends, but her nipples were sticking out, and I saw a bit of puss. That was... And her puss firstly, was sticking out, and I saw her decide to fuck a puss, and so I started fucking a puss, and then listen. she started getting mad, and then I was like, well, you come over to my house, I'm mad asleep, you're fucking my... Dick with your puss in your mouth, ma- in your I take, and then it's like, well, you know, take what the fuck? Great ha- offense. Why at this? Why accent? Because that's what happens. And then, well, I was fucking the puss with the thing, with the thing, with the shot, the black in the main, and then she murders a motherfucker. I was gonna and say, it's not nobody's fault except for their own. I was gonna say, Rob, he doesn't have the opportunity to tell that wonderful story in his weird. South African slash English accent. Uh, that was an Australian doing. accent, thank you. But basically, she woke him up. They had sex. Mm-hmm. Then she... I just orated she, that. She went out of the room. She came back in with a kitchen knife. She'd, he'd actually said, like, two nights before this happened, he had woken... She had woken him up standing at the foot of his foot of his bed with like her arms behind her back and he thought that she had a kitchen knife and was going to kill him but she didn't 
Why? So two nights later, he lets her into a house and, like, fucks her and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, she stabs him 37 times. Does a whole... Fair dinkum. Does a whole bunch of other fucking shit to him, which included skinning him and cooking him. Well, she's a butcher. And then she took a bunch of pills to overdose. Yeah. So when the police arrived next morning at 8 a.m., they found Catherine fucking comatose from her her overdose. Right. And carnage every, everywhere. Now, I watched a considerable amount of crime scene footage for this. You didn't really see the real gory shit, but you did see a house, a fucking shitty Australian country fucking house where there's blood everywhere. Right. She had not only stabbed him 37 times, she'd cut off his fucking dick and balls. Oh, that's a classic for these women. Because they love that. she was also obsessed with people like cheating on her. Right. So she cut off his dick and balls. Right. Then of because she she's a professional fucking meat worker. Meat worker. She scun him, skinned him. Mm-hmm. Do you say scun or skinned? We call, I think we say skinned in America. She skinned him and then hung up his... As pelt. The, as the police referred to it, yeah. his pelt. His, his skin. His skin. She hung it from a butcher hook, which she would have had lots from the meat works. Because she's a butcher. She hung up his skin in the doorway and the police go, look, you, you should really watch some of these documentaries because they're fucking intense. But the police who turned up, they go, oh, I thought there was a, a curtain like a piece of heavy drapery hanging in the doorway. And then I went past to brush it away with my arm. You know, I felt that it was cold to the touch and then I realised it was human flesh. Well, I realised that human flesh was scone and cold to the touch. I, I wasn't reading that. I was just quoting the No, I know memory. what you are doing. That was fucking epic. That it was, was kind really, of amazing. That was really cool the way you said that. Um... But she, she had, she, she's skinned him. And so the coppers who came in there had to see all this shit. And this is not something that they're used to seeing, nor any, like this fucked people up. You can imagine working, walking into this house. Right. Anyway, so then it goes on even further. After she'd cut off his dick and balls, skinned him. That's a funny one. Isn't that? <laughs> dick and balls? That's a, that's a favorite. Of them. Yeah, they love it. Because it's know the what? ultimate thing. And that's so funny that it's the ultimate it's thing. It's the Lorraine above it. But you can't do that as a man. You cut off Did you tits, think about that? You no, you can't cut off their tits. No, some people do. But that's not the point. But that's what... You can't cut off the vajage. They, they do, though. They, you can't. It's but, a negative. But, it's, vagi- but, but vagina killers do. Vagina killers? What? Jack the Ripper cut out fucking... You can't cut off a vagina because it's a hole. It's Jack... the absence of a hole. It's yeah, an but absence you can cut of a... the flaps out. Well, no. You but can't... But here's the thing. Here's the thing. You can't do that to a woman. Okay, the vagina... The, do that to the a vagina is a negative. The penis is a positive. Right. So you slap the fucking... You slice the sausage off. You slice the huevos. You're done. You, you can still you castrate somebody. It's funny as fuck, right? But I mean, you can Lorraine still do that. You can, 
we're all laughing to the grave, right? Well, women are, yeah. Yeah, but you can't we're cut sure. off a vagina. You kind of can. No, you can't. We'll get into it. Okay, Rob, can we, just, can we just put a, a fucking uh, pin in this one? Yeah. And we'll get in, you can't listeners, do that. dear listeners, I will prove to you that you can cut off out a woman's vagina. You can't. And we, you can. And I'll bring, I will fucking prove that to you with um, research. research. Well, However, but we're not talking about cutting out vaginas right now. We're talking about this. So after she had done all of this stuff, she'd butchered him, blah, blah, blah. She cut off his gluteus maximus. Ass. Ass. She cut off the ass cheek. She roasted it in the oven like you would a Sunday roast. Perfect. She roasted Perfect. it. She cooked vegetables. She Perfect. did all the stuff. She decapitated him. Perfect. So when the police got there, they found, and this is, this is the thing that kind of creeps me out probably the most about this whole story, is that when they walked into the house, and I, I highly recommend if this is like titillating you in the slightest or you're just like grossed out and interested, please watch the documentaries that are there. The What's cri- it called? Crimes That Shook Australia. Crimes that shook Australia. Um, you can find them on YouTube. There's a there's a couple on there. Catherine Knight is the woman's name. But the cops say that when they walked into the house, it had a smell, and it and one of them said it was really sweet, like when your mum was cooking a stew. Right. And that again is a very Australian slash English thing. I don't know how many of your family members or in America if that's a real thing of like cooking like a beef stew is like a I don't know not for me personally but maybe for some fucking it was a very homely like great thing so I feel like it fucked with the the police officers in a particularly fucked up way that you walk in there's this very nice sweet yummy smell right of like your Sunday tea cooking absolutely and it just wasn't so they walk in, and uh, she'd, she'd roasted the butt cheek, and she had dished up plates with, like, the meat and vegetables, and she had put um, notes for John Price's children. Right. With their names next to the plates. Well, that's very honorable. No, that's fucked up. No, because that's, she's a mom. She's, she's a, mom. a mom, but that's the most. She's a mom, and she's. She's trying not to... their mom. But she's. They weren't to her ser- children. They were his children. Right, but she's serving. Nah, that's fucked up. I, I, I can't even. I can't even. Well, she was trying her. to do something nice. Is all. Is she all. wasn't trying to do. She was trying to do the anti-nice. She was trying to be like, oh, here's what your mum would do. But guess what? It's your dad. Oh, fucking fucked you. Oh, I'm crazy. You know what I mean? Like, it's fucked up. It's the worst thing you could have done. And, again, watch the documentaries because one of the daughters didn't get a plate and apparently the the children who got the plates, Catherine Knight had um, fucked up their photos, had, like, ripped up their photos and, like, put knives in their faces in all the photos in the house, but one of the daughters didn't get a plate of her dad's human flesh and didn't get her photos mutilated. Well, why was she special? Exactly. 
Exactly. I don't know. However, it was so fucked up. So in addition to leaving the, the plates of food for, um, for his children and, uh, for, (laughs) um, she, she did that, but she also left, um, a plate outside for the dog. I heard that. Well, maybe we, we, we should do, talk we, about what we... We do that. Yeah, I know, but, like, it's kind of extra fucked up. <laughs> you know, it's anyway, part of the family. Part of the family. So, that's that's basically the story. She was, um, she was combing hose when the, when the cops got there. They, um, discovered her like that. They kind of got her to prison, blah, blah, blah. She's, she's serving life in prison in Australia. It fucked up everybody, not only in the town, it fucked up every cop who went there. Like, you know, you watch those documentaries and you'll see how fucked those cops are. Um, it was very, like, Australian, their kind of reactions. Very Aussie. But one of the investigators said that he didn't eat meat for three months <laughs> after this. And I can imagine... And perhaps I you, wouldn't. Perhaps you couldn't imagine. No, I wouldn't. It's not really. There's ants crawling everywhere. Yeah, and that's that's what I was saying to Rob. The thing that disturbed me most about all the documentary is they show some crime scene footage and they're showing the kitchen where she had, like, prepared this food and, like, cut up the meat and stuff and there's, like, ants crawling around, like, all in the kitchen. It's Fucking gross, dude. Gross, dude, but it's what it is. Um, okay. Well, that's our second story. You want to do, uh, say goodnight? I think we should say goodbye. I think we should, um, thank everyone for being here. And this is the end of episode Cannibal. Yeah, Cannibals Part 2. I've got so much more to say about cannibals. <laughs> so we'll, we'll be talking about this more. Thanks for listening. If you, um, if you enjoy our stuff, drop us a line. You freaking mook. Uh, at gmail.com. Check out our website. You can stream all of our podcasts from there. You Thanks for listening. This is... Billy and Rob, and we'll see you next time. Peace. Yeah, what's up?